0: Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Revelations. I've been ministering on living in light. Why is this important? Am I just trying to teach you a Bible concept? No. The power of your life is found in light. The power of your life is found in light. There's two elements of light that the Bible talks about that is applicable to yours and my living in this earth. One is revelation and two is power. We're going to see that today. But if you understand that if you can understand the light of God, you just understood revelation and you've understood power. Now power will get you through everything. Because if we're seated in Him above every name that's named, then what name can have power over you? See, a lot of people reduce their power of living down to the power of their circumstances. That's not where you and I are to operate from. You know how many times I hear people say, well, I just don't know. But light is revelation. You do know. The Bible says we, can, we, we have the mind of Christ. If you've got the Spirit of God inside of you, you've got the mind of Christ. Guess what? The mind of Christ knows everything. So the statement of I just don't know is just a revelation of where you are is that I'm living in my head and not my spirit. Because in your spirit is the answer to everything. So we have these two elements, and what I've been trying to do, this is, I think this is my fifth week on light, is I'm trying to get people to realize the power of God and the revelation of God they have. Well, I just read the Bible, and I don't understand it. That's because you just tried reading the Bible. Have you ever slowed down, got off your three chapters a day plan, one chapter a day plan, or three verses a week plan, and said, uh, God, I, I need to understand this. Show it to me. I'm going to read, and I'm going to stop, and I'm going to, I'm going to let you speak to me. And I'm going to read slow. I'm going to understand this. I'm not going to try to prove what I believe correct. I want to know what you're saying here so that I can apply it to my life. Amen. Study to show yourself approved. I'm going to digest it. I'm going to rehearse it. So how do we know? Because most Christians will say, oh, yeah, you know, I know Jesus, so I am a light. Well, how do we know if we're actually living in light? There's two things that's going to be deep. Power and revelation. If you don't know what to do, if you don't know which way to go, if you can't figure this thing out, if you're stuck in what the world's going through and you don't know the answer to it, you're not living in light. You're living in CNN, listening to people tell you what's going on. God knows more about what's going on than the news channels. All of them. I don't care which one it is. You know, the Bible talked about the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times that they lived in. Well, it's in the Bible, and if they did, I can. And if I can, you can. You know, if we spent more time in prayer asking God for understanding of what's going on and how to navigate it, how to overcome it, God will set us up for it. And then there's the power element. Just look at your life. Does fear or faith and power dominate? Only you can answer that. When you're faced with something, what rises up? Fear first? Oh, my goodness, look what just happened. Or faith first? Well, okay, God, show me how to do it. You know, one of the things that the difference between, you know, in the the natural world of successful, and unsuccessful people, is unsuccessful people look at problems and it knocks them down. Successful people don't have problems. They have learning experiences. It's just a different view on the same thing. See if I know who I am in Christ, and I know where I'm seated in Christ, and something pops up, if I really know who I am in Christ and who I'm, I'm, uh, where I'm seated in Christ, then I know that he that is in me is greater than he that I'm, I'm currently facing. Why, w- why would I be afraid? Has anybody here ran down the street lately because you're walking down the sidewalk and you saw an ant? Ah, an ant, an ant, an ant! No, we don't do that, do we? If you're mean, you step on it. If you're not mean, you just walk over it. But you're not moved by it because it's under your feet. You know you have more power than it. Okay, so now we can start raising the thing up from an ant to a cockroach. Now, a lot of people would run from the cockroach from a cockroach to a rat, okay? So I'm going to hit you somewhere in this. From a rat to a dog, from a dog to a coyote, okay. But which of these have power over you? None of them do, if you know who you are and where you're seated. When uh, uh, first time I went to Africa, we went on this little safari, and uh, we were in this park area. They had rangers all around it, you know, with guns. So if a wild animal, because it's not a zoo, there are actually wild animals out there, and uh, so they were all around with their their uh, guns. And we were talking with one of them, and he says, "There's a hippo down in this pond." I said, "Can we see it?" He says. Yeah, we can go down there. Now our guide started yelling at us. This isn't a zoo. These are wild animals. They can kill you. But me and Pastor went down there. We walked down there. And while we were walking down the path, a Cape buffalo came out and stood face to face. You know, Cape buffaloes is a kind of uh, ornery little beast. So me and Pastor just stand there watching. The guy in front of us, the ranger, he has a bolt action. He starts hitting his bolt action, yelling, The Cape buffalo walked down into this brush. Then we walked right by where the Cape buffalo just went. How do we know he didn't just turn around and look and wait for us to come? And we walk by there, and we go down to this pond where a, a hippo is, and, and it's just in the pond, and we're standing around taking pictures of the pond and stuff like that. We go back, and then our guy was telling us how foolish we are. We weren't afraid. So how big does the problem have to be before you turn tail and run? See, this, this is where are we living in light. Now, the Bible in one verse says, if your light be darkness. The light of the body is the eye, what you're focused on, and if your light or what you are focused on be darkness, your whole body shall be full of darkness. What are we, what are we visualizing? What are we seeing? What are we walking? And this is where I've been talking about this life. It, it's not just a subject to learn something in the Bible. It's an application to change positions, to understand that there's nothing in this life that you don't have an answer for. It, it, it's right in here. It's in your spirit. If you're born again, if you're not, we can get that fixed today. You, if we can stop living too many christians they're born again but they're still living out of their intellect they're making decisions based on natural that only get you so far all of us all of us combined together if we put all of our, our eggs together uh in one in one bucket and could all think with the extended power one can put a thousand flight two can put ten thousand flight and we all put our our brains together we're still not smart enough to to reach god's intellect if i learn how to live out of my spirit now i've got the intellect of god guiding me. King knows what's down the road. I, I can tell you story after story after story where I've told people, you need to watch this. You need to not do this. You need to not go that direction. And they, they could not see it. But what they thought, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. They lean to their own understanding. Now they're in a mess and they can't, they can't figure out where the mess came from. They're blaming this. They're blaming that. But really they didn't follow what God was trying to say to them. So now let's go to the Bible. Revel- yeah, we got it up there, Revelations 1.16. Now this is John. John of uh, the disciples, John was the closest. He's the one talks about his head, was la- laid his head on the uh, master's chest. You know, he's one of the inner three, and uh, he, he, just, he was the beloved. And so he had walked with Jesus for three and a half years. He didn't deny him like Peter did. And uh, he was at the, the cross when Jesus was being sacrificed. And then he has an encounter with this Jesus whom he knew. Verse 16. And he had in his right hand, Jesus, seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. Watch this. His countenance was as the sun shining in its strength. Now, wait a minute. We've got to ask our, we've got to ask ourselves a question about this light. If Jesus, the resurrected Savior, are you and I resurrected? Yes. Are we? Well, if he's resurrected... And he stood, and his countenance was like the sun shining in full strength. What about us? When when you and I encounter somebody, what do they see? They see our attitude? They see our mental decision-making? Or do they get nervous? Or if they're a believer, do they come up, are you a believer? Yeah, I knew that. As soon as I walked by you, I knew you were a believer. Or are they witnessing to you? And his countenance was as a sun shining in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. He laid his right hand upon me and said, fear not. Now he said, fear not. So this was not reverence. This was fear. It caused him to fall as though he was dead. He says, fear not. I am the first and I am the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive evermore and have the keys of hell and of death. Now, if we go back to the story of the madman from Gadara, and, and he wanted to follow Jesus. And Jesus said, no, go back to your people and tell them what great things have been done. Do you think whenever he showed up at the door, met him in the marketplace, they were all, hey, cool, the maniac, you free now? Or do you think they're like, who is this guy? See, how, how do people react to you and me? See, this bugs me because I'm preaching to myself right now. Also, the Bible says that these signs shall follow them that believe. Does anybody know the signs? Yeah, they're going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. But how many can live at that level? I, I want to know inside of me that if it does not matter what I eat, as I pray over it and sanctify it, that it cannot harm me. Now, it may be bad, but it is sanctified. I, I, I have spiritual authority that whatever is in that meat, pasta, or whatever it is, that this thing cannot harm me. I want to see people healed and operate. I, I want to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Yes. There's signs that should follow the believer, not the preacher, the believer. Yes. Right. How many believers we have in here today? Amen. Signs should be following you. Yes. See, we're, we're living below what God intended us to live in. And if we can't see that God wants us to live higher then we're going to never reach that place. I remember the story when I was was on an airplane. I I had been bumped up to first class. I didn't pay for it. Uh, But I got bumped up because of my status with United uh, from the amount that I have flown. And uh, so I'm sitting there in first class and a dad and his son walks by. And his son says, who are these people? Why do they get to sit up here? The guy teaching his kid how to think. Oh, these are people that think that they're somebody. We're going to go back here with the real people. Okay, that teaches a person how to think. We are limited in our abilities. Now, honestly, I couldn't have paid for it. I just got bumped up because there was an empty seat. But I'll take it all day long. I'm not ashamed of it. I'll take the first class. If you've never flown first class, let me tell you, it's better than cattle car. So I'll take it. Now, I've never in my life paid for it, but I'll take it. I'll take it as a blessing of God. But I'm not going to teach somebody... Oh, going up there, being getting, getting blessed, getting a door open for you is something bad. Because how then will I ever expect a door to be open for me? I've got to function in Christ. My expectation is it will happen more often. Because God says he favors the righteous. So why shouldn't an unfavored occupy a seat and the favored not occupy it? But this has got to start happening more often, not less often. We relinquish our authority because we don't know our identity. And people do it all day long because we don't know who we are in Christ. Now, if there really is a king of kings, do you believe that? So if there really is a king of kings and we're his sons and daughters, which makes us prince and princesses, does he want us living below kings that don't have a right and other people just because they've been more successful in business? He wants his light to shine through us. We should live in a demonstration of power. Now, I'm not talking about just money. Money is easy to 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 give examples of because there's levels that we live in. But going back to what Peter said, if we can believe that by His stripes are healed and we don't get sick, and now I live in a realm where I don't get sick, you don't think somebody's going to notice that? Especially if you testify to Jesus. If we don't get discouraged, you don't think somebody's going to notice that? Now, they may get mad at you because the the way our culture works is that people want to pull others down to their level instead of celebrating their success. But you've got to resist that, too. Why do you get to live like that? Because I'm the son of a king. My father owns everything, and he's not stingy. He loves me. If If I'll abide under his authority, he'll make all things happen for me. Instead of looking at the, the circumstances that we face. Now go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Now do you know what the assignment of the devil is? Blind you. How does he blind us? He get, gets us looking at something so that we don't see what God's doing. In, in money, he gets us looking at our budget, how much we have instead of what God has given to us in health it gets us looking at our pain or our you know whatever's going on in our body instead of looking at what Jesus did he's blinded us to our potential and to our opportunity now now be honest in this and only say amen or yes or whatever you're going to say if it really applies to you let's just listen to the volume i can live in all the provision god has provided amen okay that's probably a good 50% or so uh, well How many would agree that God's provided more than what we're living in? So there's a block there. Either God's not good, or we're hung up on something. My guess is it's us, because God is good. He's trying to get things to us. But we battle Him in doing this. So, whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel, gospel meaning good news, the light, the revelation, the understanding of what Christ has done for us, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So so there's a state here that Paul talks about that we can live in where we can't see what's right before us. Tammy knows this is true. Tammy, I can't find it. It's right there in front of you. I don't see it. I'm looking all over. It's a blue box. It's right in front of your face. I can see it from here. No! Where? You, you, You just put your hand on it. Really? Where? Am I the only one? No. We cannot see what's right in front of us. Spiritually saying the same thing is true. We can be in the presence of God and not even see Him. You don't want to live in the state. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves servants for Jesus, for Jesus' sake. Our demonstration of life is not so we can be something. It's so He can be something through us. If we have our head on straight and we give all the glory to God, we can walk in all the glory to God, which is all things. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Now, we've been talking about Isaiah 60. Arise and shine for your light is coming. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. God has commanded light to shine out of the darkness. In the midst of darkness, He wants shining. Now, if you bring this down to you and I, it doesn't matter how dark it gets. He wants to shine through it. Now, you and I, come on, we live in America. We like it easy. Probably most of us have lived fairly easy our whole lives. You know, we have issues and stuff like that, but it's not like you've been living in the, the uh, slums of Africa or the rice fields of, of Asia or something like that, just trying to figure out how to uh, exist. We, we're, we're, in America, most people are beyond existing, and we're into comfort. We like it easy. We like to be comfortable, and we don't like to do what we don't like to do, even though it may give us something better in life. We have to shine out of darkness. This is our time. Right now is the greatest time to live because God wants to manifest Himself. The power of God wants to be—he wants it to be seen through us. And the darker it gets, is better place to live, unless you just like comfort. This is going to be a real struggle. But He says it here that He wants to be seen. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts. So watch the progression of God. God who commanded light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts. It's in your heart. He wants to do something through you and through me. What does He want to do? To give light of the knowledge of the glory uh, in the face of Jesus Christ. He wants people to see Him and it's through us but if we're so focused on the issues that we're walking through, the problem of the day, we're never gonna we're never gonna see what he wants to do. These are the distractions I talked about earlier. Uh, I, does, was anybody here distracted by your electric bill and your and your gas bill? See, but did he not say, uh, uh, "I'll give you all sufficiency in all things that you may abound to every good work"? Well, God, my sufficiency just went up because my gas bill tripled. It's got to come from someplace. Either it's going to come out of my budget and I'm not going to be able to do something for you, or you're going to just take care of it so that I can keep abounding to every good work. But, but this has to actually be lived when you're holding your gas bill. Yeah. In one hand, and your checkbook, in the other hand, it's got to become real. Can I deal with this? Well, no. you don't understand, Pastor. I'm on a fixed income. Everybody's on a fixed income. It's fixed where you're at. It even the people that are in, you know, have their own businesses and, and have their, uh, their, or they're in commissions where they sell. If you will go back over the 10-year period, they they trend about the same. They might go up a little bit here and down a little bit there, but but they stay around the same area. In fact, there was a study. It was very interesting uh, that I read one time about how a salesman talking about people that they derive their income from commission and. Uh, and so I, I think the, the study was using a $5,000. They did a study on people, and let's just say the person's income was $5,000 a month. He said, and then the company has a promotion, and they had a prize on it, and the person really wanted the prize. So they just put effort in it, and they, they get up to $10,000 for that month, and they win the prize. Then over the next few months, they'll drop below $5,000 until they average back out at the $5,000, because we get stuck where we're at. No, we're, we're all at a place. But God wants us to get unstuck. God wants us to step up into something new. Amen. But you're never going to step up until something new if you keep doing the same thing you've always done. We joke about that. Pure insanity or true insanity is doing the same thing over and over, thinking you're going to get a different result. I mean, we laugh about that, and you know, people use that as a joke. But you know what? That's where people live. Okay, the last three times you did this, it didn't work. Why are you doing it fourth time? Well, because I just believe it's the right thing. But it doesn't work. Well, it didn't work that time, but number five is going to be the charm. No, some things work, some things don't work. you all staring at me. Now, look at verse seven. But we have this treasure. Every one of us has this treasure that's been talked about. This ability for light to be seen through us, for, for the power of God to manifest. We have this treasure. If you look up the Greek word treasure, it literally means a deposit of great wealth in an earthen vessel in this body. So here's the wisdom of God is I'm going to put me in you so that people can see me and not you. So if we can ever make this shift of getting out of us and into him, it will move us into a on a trajectory that's going to take us in places we could never get on our own. So that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. The only thing God needs of us is a willingness to get out of the way of what he wants to do. Follow him. Now, now go back to verse 3. But if our gospel, if our good news is hid, if we don't do what 5, 6, and 7 just said to do on this light and this darkness, this treasure, if our gospel be hid, it is hid from them that are lost. I, I talk all about it. Now, Peter talks all about it. You don't have to get sick. I don't know how many years it's been. I haven't got sick. Now, sickness tried to get on me. Absolutely. I, I tell those stories too. But I, I, I've never missed a day for anything. I fight it because I know that I can live well. And then I tell about it. Why do I tell about it? To pat myself on the back? No, so that you can see. Because you're not keeping track. Did he show up today? Did he show up today? (laughs) Or at least I don't think you are. Okay, so if I don't tell you, you're not going to know. And I tell you, go back and talk to Tammy. Have I ever stayed home in bed? I mean, in the last five years, have you known me to do that? No. I don't know how long. I've not got sick now. It's It's been a lot of times. I heard this first taught by uh, Bill Krause. And that was back, wasn't that when when I went to his church, wasn't that like back 2010, 11, 12, somewhere in that that time frame? How many would like like to not get sick for the next 10 years? Amen. You can, but it's not easy. So if I don't walk in this, then it's hid from those that don't know Jesus and the power of His might. See, if you don't walk in a victory of God, of overcoming, you're not going to mess me up because I know I can. I just know you didn't. But here's the problem is the people that don't know Jesus, they're never going to see Jesus because that's what everybody came was for the power, the miracles, and the transformation of life. Look at verse 2. But we have renounced, here's the problem of why we struggle. We have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Do you know a good con man can con you? I talked with a lady one time. It was set up by somebody else. I I think you could help her. Can you help her? And so uh, I got on a phone call. I didn't know her at the time. And she had a, had a call from the Sheriff's Department and they said, we have a warrant for your arrest. And If you don't go to Walmart and get some cards and send to us, then we're gonna come out and arrest you. How many knows that if law enforcement's gonna arrest you, they don't call you first? That was the first time. How many knows that our law enforcement agencies don't use Google cards and Walmart cards and things like that? But here's what made it worse. She had, it was either a family member or a close friend that worked in the Sheriff's Department. Why would you not call the person you know. And so she had spent, I don't remember how much she had spent at the time, but out of fear, she spent a lot of money that she did not have so that she would not get subjective to something that every single element of it, it ain't gonna work. But you know how many people are, are, are ripped off because of con men? In fact, I've, I think I've gotten two or three emails this week from financial institutions that I deal with that have said, watch out, scams are on the rise. But you know what, people are so far from. them. Okay, you guys are getting quiet like you're falling victim to this. A good con man can con you. Yeah. I hired a young man one time. I've talked to him about, about him many times, Freddie. He sold Kirby Cap vacuum cleaners. And he was down, they took his team, that, he, was, he wasn't the head of the team, but the guy that was the head of the team, he was just one of the salesmen, uh, took one vacuum down there. They were hoping to make a sale that day. Down to Pixley or something like that. And uh, so he came out of the house and he sold two. The guy had to run back to Vice get another vacuum and everything, because he made two. And I asked him, I said, Freddy, who needs two really expensive vacuums? in a small house, more than likely. It was in Pixley. So it probably wasn't, you know, like, I mean, I know there are some big houses down there, but from a statistical standpoint, it's probably a smaller house. I said, Freddie, why'd you do that? He had a great answer, because I could. Freddie was a really good salesman. Do you know a really good salesman can get you to make decisions you don't want to make? Anybody here ever bought something, and you thought, why in the world did I buy this for? Because it was a really good salesman. But most people don't recognize truth. We, we've got to come into this truth. We have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. We do not walk in craftiness. We do not handle the word of God deceitfully. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. God wants us to walk in truth. If somebody's going to get hurt, you be the one that gets hurt. So they don't have to. Because you can handle it. Because Jesus said, cast every care over on me and I'll take care of it. There's a place that you and I can walk, that people cannot walk until they come into to, to relationship with Jesus. But if we can't see it ourselves, how are other people going to see it? God has created us to walk in this. But going back to the prayer that we had earlier, many people are bound by their own thinking. Then uh, we won't go there, but in verses 8 and uh, verses 9, it starts talking about all the trouble you're going to walk through. Don't get stuck on the trouble. trouble. What, does it, what does 8 say? Uh, we're, we are troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. God, did, God didn't out, uh, offer us, a, it's not going to be a path of roses and it's always going to be good we, we live in a fallen world he's just given us the power to overcome if we will walk in this light if we will walk in this power this this revelation we're going to know what to do when to do it how to do it and we can overcome but you can't get there from your brain you have to get there out of your spirit let's go to Acts chapter 3 we'll end here I got more but I'm out of time Acts chapter 3 I want to show you. I'm going to spend more time in Acts chapter 3 probably next week, but let's just kind of skim through this. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. Here's, this verse right here gives us some great insight into how this worked. They went to pray. How's your prayer life? I'm not talking praying over your food. I'm not tell, talking about help me, Lord. I'm talking, how's your prayer life? Like Paul talked about building yourself up on your most holy faith. How's your prayer life? See, if we don't have a prayer life, how are we going to walk in this? Jesus pulled himself aside to pray. He wasn't always praying, give me something. He was praying, empower me. Give me the ability. Let me follow your word. Let me not go my own way. How's your prayer life? Verse 2, got quiet on that one. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them, they entered into the, the temple. Now watch this. The extent of this man's life was reduced to his life condition. All he could see was getting a freebie from somebody else because he couldn't work. Does God have an answer for somebody that can't find work or does, or can't work? Absolutely. Because God has an answer for everything. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked alms. So he saw two people and now he got an opportunity to get a freebie. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look at me. He wasn't telling him to look at him because he's going to talk to him about begging. He, he knew he possessed something greater than what this man could walk in. He says, I'm getting ready to tell you something. Pay attention to me, son. Because if you'll listen to me, I can get you out of this mess. David adding into there. And he gave heed unto them, or he paid attention to them, but still his expectation was just to get a freebie and get a quarter for today so I can get me another you know, pot of porridge or something. Get through so I can come back here and do this tomorrow. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. To me, that's one of the most powerful statements because he said he possessed the power to heal him, but such as I have, I am going to give to you. Now, if you and I don't know, don't understand who we are in Christ, you'll never make that statement. If you'll listen to me, I'll tell you what to do. But what if I say something wrong and they sue me? What if it doesn't work? You don't know what you have. That's how we tell if we live in light and revelation. But such as I have, give I thee unto you. And verse 70 says, And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up, stood and walked, and entering in with them into the temple, walking, leaping, and praising God. Now, what has just been demonstrated? Two things. Revelation and power. Revelation from Peter talking, the man seeing what he's saying, and then everybody else seeing what just happened. There's two angles of Revelation we can come from that. and power the lame man walking. Now watch what happens after this. And all the people saw him. Revelation. Walking and praising God. And they knew that he it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled and wondered in amazement at that which had happened. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together. Revelation. Unto them in the porch. It's called Solomon's greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, saw them looking at him, he answered... Why do you marvel at this? As though by our own power or holiness, we made this man to walk. He says, what I have, I'll give to you. Why are you looking at me like I did something? He knew what he possessed was the power of God that was greater than his power. We've got to come into this place of revelation in light that I'm not going through this life on my own. God wants to do things through me, which is good for me because it gets me over all the hurdles that, that, that try to face me. I have the power to get through them because God wants to reveal His power through me. If I can calm down, shut my mouth, and look for God to manifest, He will always manifest. Let's stand. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to open the eyes of our understanding that there's more There's more in this. The only thing that's holding you and me back is the way I think, the way I feel, my identity. When I come to understand It's not about me. It's about Him. And I can get me out of the way. Then Him can manifest freely.